Let's get back to the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. Here's an email from Bob. Hi, Bob. Bob, as you know, emails into the show from time to time. Oh, this is basketball, Bob. This is basketball Creighton-hating Bob, Mm. who self-admittedly enjoys hating on uh, Creighton. He says... He says the following, which I love. I, I just love. I always love his emails. They're very thorough. Uh, here's what it says exactly. Conan. He, address, <laughs> he addresses me as Conan. Great start. It could be an autocorrect. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, give me your non-biased opinion here. Is Kalkbrenner a dirty player? Telford's having a hell of a game, and Kalkbrenner puts him on the floor for a couple minutes. Davis grabs an inbound. Pass to secure the late game foul shots and Kalkbrenner jabs him in the eye and he's unable to shoot his free throws. Not the first time we've seen Kalkbrenner involved in some contentious and controversial plays. Plus, he flops, he whines, and he pouts. You may say he plays with an edge, but he seems kind of like a dirty player to me. Also, Telford is waiting to check back into the game after the injury. Officials have to stop the game for moisture in the area where Butler players just stood during a timeout. Not unheard of, not unusual, but Coach Mack is crying and riding the officials because the stoppage allowed Telford to check back into the game. Gawkbrenner knocks him out of the game in a physical foul, and Coach Mack is whining about Telford being able to come back in. Pitiful. I love to hate on Creighton. So many reasons to dislike the program. Bob, P.S. Mm. I love a P.S. Was Josh rooting for Nebraska to lose last night to preserve his stance? Also, you guys quickly dismissed Mata when I brought up where Coach Mack ranks among Biggie's coaches. Sixth place seems about right for me for McDermott. Looking forward to your spin on the Butler win. Initial thoughts, Josh. Last night went very well for me. We could ask your what? No, it didn't. They Nebraska played great. You want yeah. to you need Nebraska to get buried. No, I I for your take, you need ag- Nebraska to get buried. Again, everyone has misconstrued my stance on Nebraska basketball. Oh, people misconstrue things? Interesting. I w- I want them to do well. I just know they won't. So what's the take? Come on, Connor. Do I have to spell it out for you? Go ahead. You do. I want you to, actually. I don't know what you're talking about. Another year of this is the best, this is the best, and then it's not the best. What do you mean this is the best? Oh, this is the best team. This is the best Nebraska team. Best recruiting job this guy's ever done. Best, uh, this this team's going to wipe away the other teams. This is nobody's take. Oh, this every is, this year. This is nobody's take. Every year on the run up to the season, I got to hear this. Nobody is saying the those fans, things. The fans. Josh, you've been fighting a scarecrow all year, and this is what you've hitched your wagon to? Oh, Yeah, maybe. No. Oh, no, no, no. Josh. I shouldn't have even asked you that question. You should have just stuck with, I don't like them, they stink, and I don't think they're ever going to do anything. Well, no, that's true. I, they're a bunch of bums. <laughs> Nebraska had a good night last night. I don't care what anybody says. They had a, good, they had a very good Nebraska night. Had, Nebraska had a good night last <laughs> night. Um, I think a lot of what they did last night proves, I, I don't know proves, because you, know, you are what you are on a game-to-game basis, but um, it, was, it was a good result for them. Obviously, a game that you could have won, We'll talk about some officiating and all that stuff here in, in just a little bit. For for the record, I'm with you. I, 
you know, for the people who always preface the stuff with, I don't like to talk about officiating. I'd be happy to talk about officiating if it's really bad. It was really bad last night. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Outside of that, it sucked. There were some pivot foot things going on. Yeah, the the, the guy who walked, <laughs> um, the tie up that wasn't a, that was called a foul on Hoiberg, uh, mask getting fouled at the top of the key. Like there was like six other things that were just that that were mixed in there too. But Bob asked about Creighton because he wants to talk about Creighton. Um, so the question was looking forward to your spin on the Butler on the Butler win. Well, I, I mean, you came to the right place then, because here's what happened. Butler shot 55% for the field. They made 13 out of 22 threes, um, and they got like they got out-rebounded by Creighton. Uh, Creighton won the offensive rebounding hmm. category as well. Uh, Creighton only turned the ball over nine times. You know, Butler only turned it over five. And you could look at that and be like, yeah, there wasn't much resistance from Creighton, but like yeah. for... for you have to understand what Creighton is trying to do, right? And what their how their defense is set up is to allow teams to take tough twos. Mm-hmm. Tough twos. Yeah. Like they are shots that nobody really wants to take because everyone wants to shoot shoot threes or get inside the restricted area. And the restricted area part is really, really difficult because Creighton has big tree man inside. We could talk about him in a second too, and whether he's a quote unquote dirty dirty player. But like, um, they shut that part of it down, and then they say, all right, we're going to try and run you off the three-point line, too. So take the tough twos. And, you know, they their count – we saw it in the Iowa game earlier in the season. Iowa against Creighton, like, they had that guy, Cricky, and he was making all of them. We were like, are we going to stop this? And the answer is, like, not really. They're, they're going to try and affect shots as much as they possibly can, but those are shots generally that Creighton is willing to get, you know, give up. And Butler made all of them. <laughs> Butler made every shot. They made they they made you know all the threes that they looked at. With that being said, with that being said, Creighton was so good offensively that they had a chance to to do it actually in the final minute and a half, which ended up taking thirty minutes God. of that game, which was a disgusting display. Uh, we had multiple reviews. We had turnovers. We had missed free throws. Butler about I mean speaking of Thad Mata, Butler about coached themselves out of the win twice when they decided to foul up three with 11 seconds left and then it did it again with five seconds left it almost it, it did bite them both times <laughs> and Creighton still couldn't get anything out of it right so like Creighton had about seven opportunities to win that game down the stretch and and they weren't able to do it is it, I mean for a resume from a resume perspective like it's a bad loss at home I think it's a quad three loss for Creighton it effectively takes them out of the big east race like for for what it means for the season, it's really bad. But like when you when you take it out of that context and just say, how did this game unfold? I, I don't I don't know what they're. I'll be interested to hear from Mac today, and because what he said after the game was this: basically, we're gonna go watch the film and see how much more we could have done. But my feeling on it after the game was, I don't know how much more they could have done. I, obviously, other than make the plays at the end, Trey dribbles it off his foot, and um, you know, just just a couple of mistakes that happened in the last four or five offensive possessions that happened in the last eleven seconds, or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it might have been. Like other than that piece of it, like how does Butler get ninety nine? It's not from Creighton not playing defense, although their defensive metrics are going to drop dramatically off of that game, and because Butler was so good on offense, there's only. 
I don't know. I, I, I hate to say this because it does sound like Creighton spin and whatever, but like I, I don't know how much – just from watching that game the one time, I haven't seen it over again. From watching that game the one time, I'm not sure how much more Creighton could have done defensively when Butler's knocking down shots in your face. I will go back. You know, If you want to talk about game flow, like I go back to that end of the first half where Creighton had built that lead up to 10 with about two minutes to go in the first half. And then Butler started, they, they started making shots and then Creighton got a shot off too early at the end of the clock in the second quarter. And then they made the 40 footer at our second uh, or first half, excuse me. And then they made the 40 footer. And then all of a sudden it's like a three point game at half and they come out on the run. Like, so there was, there was stuff in there where this is where you saw it kind of start to slip away. But ultimately, when you look at it from a big, big picture game perspective, that was an that was a hell of a basketball game, right? I I don't I've never seen that level of shot making before. It it was aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, it, it, it was fun to watch. I have I've never seen that le- I've never seen that level of shot making before in a college basketball game. And Creighton just I I don't know how much more they could have done like generally on the defensive end throughout the entire game. Once again, I'm interested to see what, what Max says about it, but like, I just, I don't know. I, <laughs> Butler, like, you know how we go through at the beginning of the season, Josh, and we say like for football you know, or for baseball, right? There's 162 games and you're going to win 50 of them. You're going to lose 50 of them. And then your season is defined by what happens in the, in the middle, you know, 62 or the, mm-hmm. the remaining games. If you did that for this basketball season, based on how it played out, that was a game that Creighton was destined to lose. By the way, Butler played. Not by the matchup and who's on home court and stuff like that. Like, by the way, Butler played. By the way, the two teams played on the given day. That was one of the predetermined losses. If Butler was going to play like that, it was predetermined. And they almost won it. Like, they almost stole one of them that they, that they you know, am I making sense? Because I, yeah, I, I know yeah. that, you know, people appear that and they're like, yeah, you're making excuses. I'm, I'm like, they had an incredible, incredible game. Butler played so well. And I, I was expecting it to be a rock fight. It was not that. Posh Alexander's not playing before the game. It turns out that kind of changed the, you know, the molecular composition of the game a little <laughs> bit. Like, for, for both sides, it may have had an advantage, you know, sort of for Butler because... Um, you know, the guy takes a lot of shots. So, I mean, and then Telford got going and, and they were, they were gone. I like, I really don't want to sound so excusey, but I don't know. They, sometimes you just got to say, congratulations. You played incredibly. I was yelling at my TV. Get a stop. Get a stop. They can't. They there's, it's physically impossible. It's physically impossible to get a stop. Yours sounds more analytical than me. I, 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 that's how I saw it. Now, I, I don't know if, if, if they come back today and they're like, yeah, you know, we just didn't have that edge. Then it's different. I, but that, I did not notice that. I did not, I did not think that that was the case for Creighton. Maybe, uh, obviously there's always going to be de- defensive lapses in a game in general, but I thought generally they were, they were pretty on top of things. And then they had, a, they had an awesome game offensively. And so on that side of things, like it sucks to, to have that game Waste. spoiled. Yeah, yeah by the fact that you lost, but you played so well on offense. Like, you know, we've been talking about Stephen Ashworth as a piece of this the entire season, and Stephen Ashworth had his best game as a Jay. 
on Friday. <laughs> he missed he missed one clutch three that would have tied the game in the latter uh, probably sixty to ninety seconds somewhere in there. I recall and this is off, but they didn't take him off the floor. He had twenty six points. Um, he made four threes. Like Stephen Ashworth has had his best game, and it was not so coincidentally one of Creighton's best offensive games of the season. Four guys scored 20. Now only five guys scored in the game. <laughs> Four guys scored 20 and nobody else did anything. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And so that's what I really wanted. Farabello had the other four. So Shireman had 26. Trey uh, had 22. Clockburner had 20. And Ashworth had 26. But that's the real takeaway from this game for me. Like, this has been a thing all season long. It's, it's even more so now. Uh, let's talk about the bench thing, right? And I still think overall for Creighton, their their experience and I mean, once they, they did the thing again, Josh, that I always point back to right before halftime, they let the clock go, they let the ball just sit there so they can get the last shot. Now, guess what? They didn't get the last shot. They took a shot way too early. That's <laughs> Max' fault, right? They they took that shot way too early, and then they ended up getting the forty footer at the buzzer, and it gave up three points, but experience on the floor I've I've said it over and over I think that trumps whatever they would get from their bench in terms of options and like it or not when you get into the NCAA tournament you're going to play you're going to ride your guys no matter what and so I don't really have a problem with with how they do it with that being said there are going to be some minutes in games where Ryan Kalkbrenner has to let, let's just talk about that one in particular. Ryan Kalkbrenner, I don't want to be I don't want him to be out there for 40 minutes every single game. Right? If if, if we can even get him to 37, you know, he played 38 on Friday. Uh 38 plus because we'll talk about why. Creighton has to survive, not win. Survive the minutes where Ryan Kalkbrenner isn't on the floor. And Fred King goes in the game, and they did not survive. They died. <laughs> they died. And I don't know, um, you know, I don't know what happened to Fred King year over year, but it certainly does not look good. He got killed on a defensive possession, you know, you know, leaning on a guy and, you know, spin baseline, dunk, and then it's he got his own dunk blocked. He doesn't look, you know, he doesn't look terribly explosive at the moment. And I don't know. I just I just feel like he's I feel like he's not as good of a player as he was last year. And to be honest with you, I thought he had a really good base for to be a good three four year player at Creighton mm-hmm. last year. And I think he it feels like he's kind of regressed. Yeah, he showed some flashes last year, and this year I don't I don't know if he's not getting the minutes or if, I mean he comes out there and there's always something. But like when- in his two minutes of play that you're like oh. You got to sit this guy. When they, when this is the thing, Josh, if, if we're making the excuse of like, if we're saying, Hey, if it's the minutes, the guy's got to be in there to get into, you know, get into a rhythm, get into a flow. Fine. But you can't get killed on your first three possessions. Like Creighton has to just, it's not about him doing anything. It's not about like, it could be a zero. It just, you can't, it can't be a huge negative while he's in the game. And right now it's a huge negative. While he's in the game, they're just going to keep hunting him, right? And so that, you know, 
the the bigger picture of like, do you need a bench? Do you need more people to contribute? Um, is one thing. This is this is a little bit different. There's going to be a couple minutes during the game where they have to take Ryan Kalkbrenner off, and they got to figure out something. And maybe the answer is you just have to figure out something else. Maybe that's maybe it's Jason Green at a small ball five, or, um, you know, I I don't know if you want to just say there, just say scrap the whole Fred thing right now, but that was, that was brutal. That was that was a brutal few minutes, one minute and forty three seconds or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was, while he was in the game. It was brutal, and so, um, they have to just they have to just stay, as even as they possibly can. While he's on that, you know, he's on. And it's like it's not an important, overly important stretch of the game, right? I think it's usually going into the under eight timeout of the first half, and that's that's when he they they find an opportunity to get him a blow. And you're going up against the other other backup too, like they're only mirroring, they're just mirroring substitutions. So you're going up against the other backup big. You're like, perfect. This is a moment. We're going into a media timeout. Let's. Get Cockbrenner a couple more drinks of water while we're at it, and you know, so you just can't can't die. <laughs> don't don't go die. Don't you go dying on me? Don't go dying on me. That's kind of what it was for Creighton. They have big week, two games in the road. Um, it could go one way or the other. But like I said, they um they're probably probably out of the race for the Big East title at this point. I mean, I thought we talked about it on Friday. I thought that they could maybe go and you know win five in a row or four out of five or something like that. Four out of five is going to be really tough now going into that UConn game. So, yeah, that was that was a, certainly a bad loss to take on on Friday night. Uh, we could talk more about that if you have any more questions or if Bob wants to keep picking things out. I love it. Uh, is he a dirty player? Is oh oh yeah. By the way, yeah, we didn't talk about that. That was the main question. No. Guys get poked in the eye. I I don't know what to say. I, once again, people are going to listen to this and they'll be like, "Yeah, Creighton Homer obviously doesn't think he's a dirty player." They, did it look purposeful to you? By the way, when I'm watching this live, I can't. Uh, it's on the other side of the floor, and I didn't even know somebody got poked in the eye, other than when he went to his face like this. I saw it in a replay later. Guys are fighting for a ball. He's nine feet tall. Like I think he'd be better if there were if he was a dirty player. <laughs> you think so? Think oh, so. oh, do you think he's soft? No. That was the other thing with Cockbrenner. No. He's, oh, he's soft. He's soft. You can't. You, now you definitely can't be soft and a dirty player, <laughs> right? So it's either <laughs> one way or the other, Josh. No, it's not. No, it's not. But those are those are pretty opposite of each other. I don't think he's soft or a dirty player. I don't think he's a dirty player. No, I, I don't. No, I don't think he's a dirty player. I don't think that there are many dirty players. To be honest with you. I can't think of one right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that there are many dirty players. Uh, Sometimes the, dirty things happen. That New Mexico State guy, that's a dirty player. Which one? The one who punched the Liberty player. In the oh, face. yeah, that guy. Dirty player. Dirty player. Yeah, definite dirty player. Yeah, don't, I don't. I wouldn't compare Ryan Kalkbrenner to him. Guys get poked in the eye. I don't know. Does I'm it, sorry. We did that the thing with uh, Adam Woodbury a long time ago for Iowa, and... He did it like six times in the span of like a month, and we were like, okay, that's something. Does Duke have a particularly punchable white guy right now on their roster? I don't think so. I don't think so. If they do, I haven't heard about it. don't think so. And I'm not watching a lot of Duke games. 
Adam emails in on the Eckroll Bank inbox. Hi, Adam. Fred King seems to have lost confidence, and the staff seems to have lost lost confidence in him. I'd like to see Trout play some minutes at the five. The spell Cock play a little smaller. They've done it in the past and give Cockbrenner some some rest. Honestly, it might be time to pull that shoot. I don't I don't know. I mean, it might it might be time it. to pull that shoot. I mean, you're just looking not to die for two minutes, like. They have they have tried some things at the with the small ball five thing, um, maybe it, you know maybe it can work. Mm-hmm. Honestly, at right at this point, it probably has a better chance at working than what has been happening in the Fred King minutes at the time. Uh, you know, at at this moment, so maybe that is the answer. But uh, we'll see if it lights a fire on them or or something like that. But yeah, hey. Nah, not a good loss. Or not not a good loss for Creighton on on Friday, um, but once again, there's only so much. There's only so much you could do. There's only so much you could do. Speaking of there only being so much you can do, let's talk about Nebraska next on sixteen twenty the zone.